welcome to episode 52 of Horus Heretics. I'm Neil. And I'm William. And today we will be discussing the culmination of Betrayer by Aaron Dembski-Biden. Uh, safe to say, we didn't really think much of this book uh, in the last episode, uh, but there is a chance that uh, it was it could be turned around. There is a very good quote that I look forward to coming up in the next minute or two um, that really had me on the edge of my seat. I was like, well, there's, there's a possibility for this book. Um, Will, what did you think of the last book? The last bit, uh, it had good stuff in it, like little bits, but um, and I found it was quite a compelling. Um, I find Angron to surprisingly be one of the more compelling Primarchs we've encountered, um, like really driven by emotion and sense of, you know. Um, he he had like a real sort of, I was going to say whinge, but it was it was absolutely genuine <laughs> you know like he he had been a, a slave and had been tortured and had these like torture devices still in his head and uh was resentful of always being the one to you know that the emperor called upon when absolutely needing you know just brutality and he also was like called away from where he had planned to die with his with his countrymen but didn't get the chance to do that so it was like he 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 whinged a lot, but that that whinging was, you know, totally legitimate. I thought. Yeah, and 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 some of that, like, yeah, like I think we discussed a couple of his monologues, and they were they were pretty good, kind of tragic hero sort of speeches. Yeah. And uh, um, so yeah, it was very much at that point he was kind of like he 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 was in rebellion against the emperor who he hated because the emperor had, uh, like plucked him from the world that he was on before he could before he could lead his um like the slaves that he was part of to victory and overthrowing their rulers um and uh and so he hates the emperor for that and he kind of feels also you know just like he's the emperor's kind of his you know just sent out to do his bidding and doesn't like that um and like a dirty secret you know, like uh, the emperor needs an, a killer, yeah. but um, doesn't want to admit it, really. And so uses Angron as a kind of, you know, to deflect a lot of that hatred and uh, and discontent amongst the other Primarchs onto Angron, even though the emperor needs him. Yeah, and like, at least at the start of the story, he's like, he didn't really, he doesn't really give a shit about Horus either, though. You know, he's just yeah. like... Yeah, true. Um, so but he does change a bit towards this book. He does <laughs> change a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, the beginning of this book is like is after the Battle of Armatura, and if anyone has been in sort of uh, a corporate setting in their job, <laughs> this feels like a post-war kind of wash-up where they're just in an office discussing how it went. You've got all the main players: Karn. Uh, uh, Angron, Lorgar, and Argotal, and they're all sort of going, well, how did you feel it went and stuff like that? And, you know, there's a lot of worlds that they've been killed. Um, and that was a terrible sentence. There was a lot of worlds that they have killed. Um, and then uh, Lorgar mutters a line which 
uh, is absolutely fantastic. It, it, it made me think, okay, this, this book could turn around. He said, mention the word spells or magic in my presence again, and I may be forced to kill you for unforgivable ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And once, once again, anybody who's been in corporate meetings before, we've all felt that way once or twice. <laughs> so... Um, uh, yes, I was just like, yeah, that is a good line. Lorgar uh, <laughs> speaking for everyone there. Um, and he, like, he he speaks a word. He's he's like, he said, oh, you only do like little magic tricks and stuff. And he speaks a word and everyone like it bowls everyone over. They all fall over, even Angron. Um, and he says, these aren't spells. These are words. These are the names of demons that I'm speaking that bring, you know, power into reality or something it sounds a bit like a spell to me to i know oh yeah I, I this quote here was like he's like i think you're protesting a bit too much for it. <laughs> see so he comes out with it is manipulation of the infinite potential that is the source of all realities a blending of components from the universe of flesh and blood and the divine realm of pure ether and emotion <laughs> everybody everybody apart from lorgar in that room's eyes meet and they just mouth the word spell it's it's a, yes, it's a magic. <laughs> yeah, it's a magic. Let's move on. Uh, so, um, Erebus shows up here and is uh, belittled for his failure at Kalth, even though Erebus is like, failure? What do you mean failure? It was an absolute fucking rising success. <laughs> Everyone's like, mm, mm, yeah, whatever. Um, Erebus is still planning to enlighten Sanguinius. And Lorgar really sort of just goes, you can't do this. I've seen this a million times in the future. This won't work. Um, but Erebus still storms out. And um, Lorgar, again, with his foresight, sort of warns Argaltal to refuse Erebus's offer, whatever it is. And um, Argaltal goes... Um, not a problem. Absolutely. Thanks for the forewarning. Next chapter, he goes on to accept the offer. Um, <laughs> really straight away. There's not an awful lot to play with there. Yeah, is is this and the offer being to resurrect? Yeah, uh, the the woman whose name we learn is pronounced uh, Kyrene or something rather than Cyrene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, she was the. She survived the destruction of Monarchia, the perfect city, and had her eyes burned out by the fire of that and was the confessor whenever Argaltal got his demon in him. So she died, I think that was about, I think that was 20, 20 or 30 years before. I might be wrong there. I, I, I was only uh, going on what I picked up from the book. But um, it happened sometime before. No, it was a couple of years, I think, actually, just a couple of years, because they had to go down into the bowels of the ship and um, reclaim her corpse, which was like all rotted and nasty and stuff. And anyway, Erebus performs a magic spell and re resurrects her. Yeah, just doing, I mean, this book does quite a lot of damage, or not damage, but certainly reinforces the idea that we've, you know, the series is building and building that people dying does not matter a job, really. I mean, yeah. there, there are multiple ways they can come back. Um, <laughs> but, like, um, yeah, uh, so she's back. And Argotal is very, like, committed to protecting her. 
uh, at all costs to the point that soon they find, soon they find themselves like just siding down dozens yeah, and dozens yeah. of people that's right there is a um well there's there is a, a a story thread that i think is left hanging at the end of this where um she is sort of coming back to like she goes to the uh, i think it's a like a reliquary or something on the ship and i was just looking through all the different relics of, of lorgar and she has a protective um like a a member of the elite guard or something protecting her as bodyguard and then this person called Damon um approaches her and he is clearly a john grammaticus figure he's a cabal perpetual um and we know this because um he is cooked alive in uh, the flames of the bodyguard and he dies laughing but literally about a page later he's back he's fine <laughs> and um he says no uh, Cyrene, you need to come with me because you've been made a perpetual now and the cabal want you but that's it am i wrong there that that's the end of that story thread yeah yeah i think so and other people just assume she's dead i think because she was on yeah i mean we'll get to this because it's kind of yeah a bit of the main battle later on but um yeah that's but i think it's yeah good to deal with that because there's there's I mean, that, to be fair, that is at least a subplot with presumably it's presumably has some kind of ongoing significance in a future book. But there are quite a few subplots in this book that could have just been like, let's just cut them all together and yeah. let's just say they won the space battle, they beat the Titans, and not have to like have all this power between Titan drivers. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Cut all of that shit. Cut all of that. That that was. Uh, pointless dog roll like yeah it's not it's not even that it was ex- especially bad in its own right it was just that like why are you know what was why do we need this like yeah. um although there was quite a, there was quite a funny tech priest did you, did you did you notice that guy he was like um he like he had he, he tried quite a few jokes and stuff and oh yeah that was yeah that's that's right um i did quite like him um, yeah uh, woefully underused in comparison to pretty much every other character in this book. Yeah, because yeah, he, um, he said at one point, he said, you're a terrible liar, and he said, I'm more skilled at obfuscation and by now I can't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can just see him just going, oh, you're right, I'm sorry, but like this isn't my first language. <laughs> sarcasm, has, sarcasm has to come later. You know, that's hard to pick up. Um, anyway, yeah, um, Lorgar talks about, you know, the orchestra of the people dying in Ultramar and all that kind of stuff and says to Angron that they have to go to Nuceria, which is where they are going to create the an unbreakable warp barrier between Ultramar and Terra and like just like wall off the Ultramarines from um, getting back to defend Terra. And Nuceria is the the homeworld of is it the homeworld the the world that um, enslaved Angron. Yeah, and Angron is like uh, not keen to go back, um, but they pretty much just have to go anyway and yeah. uh, convince him to do that. You know, he kind of gets one over to the idea, um, but for some reason that yeah. I can't remember. But um, yeah, they 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 go. Um, and they they like drop pod down 
Angron, they kill a lot of people, and Angron finds himself in the like throne room of this boy king who is of the the line that actually owned Angron a hundred years ago. And he sort of laughs at uh, you know, this is what the house has become. This is what uh, the line of the the once great high riders has become. And um, it's like absolutely a joke. Um, and he kills him. And that's it. He orders the entire death of everybody on the planet. Yeah, you don't actually, I don't think you actually see the, the king get killed, but like he, yeah. he, he does, he, well, what he does is there's this like commander woman who, of the you know of the sort of the forces on this planet and she's you know compared to everyone else she's quite sort of brave and goes up to um angron and, and is like at least sort of speaks to him you know and confronts him a little bit yeah. and i was kind of i sort of thought oh maybe there's going to be a thing where it's like they're like oh you know we respect you you can you, you know you can be maybe you can be in our armies or whatever but no he just crushes her skull and then announces that they're going to kill everyone so um, yeah, I at this I, it was at this point that I have written a note. It says, "What is this book about?" <laughs> Good question. <laughs> so, uh, I, I think let's not answer that now. Let's answer that at the end, um, which I think probably foreshadows a, what I think is the answer to that question. But anyway, um, Lotara is watching this from space. She's the uh, the commander of the Conqueror, the flagship of the world world leaders. And then a bunch of ultramarines just warp into the system, and she like boxes down to the uh, the people who are all just like mustered, ready for the destruction of the final city on the planet, and says uh, things are going to get really tough here. And I think it was Angron or maybe Karn says back, "Well, we can't get up in time. We'll take the city and dig in. You have to just sort of hold out for as long as you can." So that leads to like quite a good space battle, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's actually quite tense, and that's when we get the um, the cabal coming to Cyrene, um, or whatever you call her, and um, that bit happens. Um, and then, yeah, as I say, like a, a very good uh, battle that gives a, a really good sort of interesting. Depiction of scale and stuff like that. I really liked it. It shows that the the world eaters use harpoons in space, <laughs> which uh, an odd kind of tactical method, but fine. You know, I'll, I'll go for that. Skyscraper sized spears as well that they had loaded. Yeah, um, yeah, and and um, sort of use that to to like shackle the um, the other ships to it as as they just destroyed it, which seems as productive as it is counterproductive but you know <laughs> sure sure fine. it did like the writing did there say well you know if you do this wrong you can end up just getting dragged away by the other ship but yeah <laughs> but they've never done it wrong <laughs> yeah exactly just so happens they're good at this um so uh the ships do well but um there are too many ultramarines they drop pod down as well they land some titans on the um the planet as well there's some good scenes of battle between the uh the world eaters and the word bearers and the ultramarines the fidelitas lex the lorgar's flagship crashes into the planet 
and causes a tidal wave. And there's some there's some good lines about like people just going, uh, let's move westward. There's a big fucking tidal wave coming. <laughs> yeah, no, which it, it's a bit of a damn squib, to be fair. Like it, like, it doesn't really have that much of an effect in the battle. Like, but it's really, it's built up as if it's going to, it makes them move west a bit, like you said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, there's a tidal wave on one street, so let's move one street west and we'll be all right. Doesn't quite doesn't quite sound right but but anyway and and and, and the um, yeah so the ultramarines like in the space battle that you were talking about they they kind of they were a bit of a patched up sort of fleet lots of small ships i think it was saying yeah. they they were just kind of trying to get through as many as possible but included like what you say ships with titans and stuff like that and anyway so they've, they've got an imperator titan with them which is an absolute flop like when it <laughs> It can't. It can't even lift its arm. <laughs> it's basically getting out of its box when it <laughs> when it when it is stopped. Like it stops yeah. um, by a big swarm of smaller titans from the uh, the world years, um, and yeah, and that's the, that. That was really poor. <laughs> um, so uh, Gilliman is there he's he's with the ultramarines and he uh he lands and confronts lorgar they have a bit of a scrap um then lorgar asks gilliman why he came because he's quite surprised and gilliman says courage and i thought that's the least interesting answer that an an author could give to a character (laughs) he's just like i'm brave mate yeah is that is that what you're gonna write your fucking book about? Like somebody just doing something for bravery? Oh. Anyway, Angron appears at this point. He's furious. Yeah. Um, and he he attacks um, Gilliman and starts beating him back and like wounding him very very badly. Lorgar, being Lorgar, begins chanting. Um, in time with the orchestra of music of the warp of death you know magic that's basically warbler's role in this whole book he's just sort of <laughs> cutting about just whispering away all the time singing little chaos songs yeah. and like <laughs> just trying to conjure up more and more bits for this cosmic song you know that he's trying to produce but yeah and what happens so um he angron basically nearly kills um gilliman yeah and it's yeah just before he finishes him off lorgar freezes his muscles with magic angron's muscles stops him from killing gilliman which is wrong he shouldn't have done that it's stupid. <laughs> no, like, wait one minute <laughs> wait one minute um anyway he and and he chants some more and gets lightning strikes angron um he gets like lost in amongst this like fire that falls from the sky um it's raining blood at this point as well just side note yeah that's that's true the sky is red and it is raining blood the blood rain you know (laughs) and um angron goes through this like this these changes but um allows gilliman to get away and once again (laughs) I go through these changes. Demon puberty. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. 
play Iron you're going to notice some changes to your body. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to become different. In fact, a monster. Yeah. <laughs> um, there is some there is some rubbish about Lork and the rest of the um, psychers from the world eaters joining together in the communion, pulling Lorgar out of his body and having a sword fight. Yeah, like a, a celestial sword fight in their fake magic bodies. Yeah, and I'm like, but it's very much like a real sword fight in the in yes. the sense that there are references to the to their psychic meat being stabbed yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and um, Lorgar like, makes very short work of this communion, killing them all one by one. But And it's very, very easy for him until he comes out of the magic, goes down into his body and finds himself very, very weak. He's very tired after all of that. They just keep on saying he's as tired as he's ever been. He He was so tired he could have died. And <laughs> he has been basically con- conducting a spell for the whole book, you know what I mean? So, yeah. so fair that he'd be tired yeah, again. But like, and um, and then Angron, he he sort of finishes off his the librarians from his legion, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, and and Lork as well, sadly enough. Yeah, and so Angron is well, you know, He's red it's, now. It's the usual kind of chat, indescribable yeah. demon sort of thing. Um, but he's, he's, he's red, he's got <laughs> fangs, he's got dreadlocks, um, he's, he, he eats a corpse. <laughs> that's true, that's true, yeah. He eats someone. Um, so, and I, I, I was going to say, well, that's basically that, isn't it? But there's a... Well, there's... Th- th- there's another subplot of, uh, that I we could have mentioned before, but we can just, like, give it in the round now between Argyltal, Karn, and Erebus. Yeah. Um, Erebus has told Argyltal that Karn will die um, in a in a on a land with grey skies, uh, with a sword in his back, and Argyltal um, he only feels brothership, brothership, fraternity, with uh, with Karn now. So he goes around protecting him, and now that the sky is like red and bleeding, he goes ah. Um, not a grey sky. So Erebus, you're you're wrong, mate. Anyway, gotta go. <laughs> and uh, he goes back to the ship, um, where he 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 leaves Karn anyway, and he goes to talk to Erebus, and Erebus stabs him in the back and says, "No, I was just kidding. Just a lie. Yeah. Um, it was always uh, Karn is uh, has got the the gods have plans for Karn. Uh, they don't have any plans for you." Um, you could have helped Karn. You could have saved him, but um, that means you know we need him. So that means you you can't be allowed to live. Yeah, because well, they were like Karn's going to be a big deal. He's going to be some full on you know demon yeah. or whatever. But but you're you like he was the one that might bring like cause them to lose a battle or something like this. And is it like and because he he had some prophecy. Uh, prophecy saying that he was going to die on the shadow of black wings great great wings or something yeah and i think because i think where this happens is actually on one of the legs of the big titan that they take down because there's like and he he's like 
because our, our hotels would going like, wait a minute, this is not right. I'm not under great wings. And like, Arab businesses are like, actually, you are if you look up. Um, <laughs> and and uh, that's that's the end of that, basically. But I don't know. I'm like, well, presumably our hotel is probably going to come back as some another form of demon or something. Um, Why not? I mean, he is a demon. You can't kill demons. So um, <laughs> you may as well. I, I just thought this was really the the idea of our, of of Karn in some way being saved again is just so much more interesting than Karn goes on to be a non-thinking killing machine, which is what happens. And like, I don't know, like, I, I find very much the character of Karn and, and it, he's been in some stuff before and it's like, I feel like, which is fair enough, I guess, and what these books are. It's like he's entirely an interesting character on the basis that people know that he becomes a big deal. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. and it's like just all about oh, well, you know, you know this name, don't you? So there's this great <laughs> weighted significance to this guy. He's just a fairly sort of, I don't know, just not remarkable yeah. character. I, yeah. I mean, to to me at least, he's always appeared to be about six or seven different characters, depending on who's writing him. Like there, there has never seemed to be. A um, uh, a definitive view of who Karn is. Um, like I've read that he is like a, a that he's like quite a taciturn captain. I've read that he's like brutal, uh, a, a brutal warrior. He's also like kind of shit in the 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 dueling cages. Um, he seems like in this one like quite thoughtful. Yeah, but um, I don't know. Like it, it just I I. I I've lost interest, I think, in in his character. I just don't. Yeah, care. this this like this story of their friendship was a much was it was a big part of this book, and yeah. not one that I find massively interesting. And and um, Argo Tal was like, I found him to be a surprisingly reasonable person for someone yeah. possessed by a demon. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think like he just yeah he 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 was. You could very easily. I mean, obviously, the demons sort of came out at some times, like in battles and stuff. But he was generally quite, um, quite, quite reasonable and and you know in control of himself. It wasn't like, um, and but there, there was a funny, funny line that I wanted to highlight, where which is just you know, um, just brilliant for the for one of the themes we we always come back to the way these books are written. Like, so it's like, uh, it talks about. <clears throat> talking about a concept often stated in the war chronicles he'd read was the notion of a warrior fighting as though possessed <laughs> it's like our hotel was possessed but like you're right because we had Karn who was you know reasonably thoughtful we had Argotal who again another thoughtful one one of them is now dead and one of them goes on to be an absolutely unthinking killing machine that's just not it's not the source of a good book, you know. That I just, uh, I've, I just don't care to read any more Karn. I don't think. Um, anyway, epilogue. Um, I don't think an epilogue should last as long as this epilogue, but still. There's two epilogues. Uh, two epilogues. Um, Angron, shackled in the base of the ship. Um, he has turned a number of decks to flesh, covered with knives <laughs> that scream. Um, L- uh, Lorgar has saved him from his, uh, um, you know, 
his death brought about by the butcher's nails, but in doing so has chained him up like a slave again in the bowels of his ship. And still, Lorgar still thinks, ah, I've done him a, a great service. Absolutely. Like, and it's, it's, um, it's strange to me again that Primarchs can be this stupid. <laughs> um, uh, that's just got me thinking. Like, imagine on that ship, imagine like you are the engineer who's responsible for that particular section of the ship. <laughs> and like, it's become turned to flesh. And you're like, what do I do about this? Like, because <laughs> is it still going to work? As it's meant, you know, like whatever systems are in there, or yeah. as they need to work to for the for the you know the ship to be okay. And um, do I just trust that the flesh, that the transformation into flesh, has sort of um, included those you know yeah. its ability to work in that way, or do I have to get down there and like you know install some stuff into the flesh? Anyway, <laughs> just a just a weird little thought that occurred. Which which page of the manual does that? <laughs> come on you know the flesh interface um and then a bit in the dueling pits because um lorgar has told um karn about who killed argiltal and so erebus is you know in the fighting pits uh touching people up and um karn goes in and says right battle to the death and beats the shit out of erebus because what's Erebus is already in the fighting pits, like yeah. Um, I mean, and, and a bit of me was like, you know, turns out Erebus is actually like a really good fighter as well as um, yeah, being very magical, um, like or you know, being very, you know, you know all his stuff, demons and books yeah. and all that. But like he, because um, he's defeated one guy already, he's about to face one another hard guy, and then Karn steps in and is like. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, this one's mine, and um, he's really pissed off. And, and basically, and he's like, "Yeah, this is going to be in to the death." And he is beating Erebus, and Erebus just mag- magics himself out of there. Um, yeah, what what is that? He just disappears, right? He just yeah. He, he's about to deliver a killing blow, and Erebus just disappears, and that's that. Yeah, and you're, I was like, "This okay? It's an epilogue, so it's." not necessarily part of the plot but well, more to come on that but what the fuck how do you end the book on this fucking move like yeah just ah, oh, I, I was just left i i really hated the second part of this book and I'm, i was just left just going fuck you know what fuck this <laughs> just just like i i was really just like and luckily that was you know that was literally the last page so i think the author was just like yeah let's let's leave the reader thinking, you know what, fuck this book, and throwing it across the room or something. <laughs> but honestly, fuck this. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, like, sorry, before we get to the, my general opinions, like, yeah, it's it's kind of a silly scene, really. It's like, why the fuck, like, Erebus, everything we know about him, the skulking background, um, you know, figure, why the fuck would he be, like, voluntarily just having a laugh in the fighting pits <laughs> yeah i know it's just, like it was just silly um but uh yeah no i mean like what can i say like 
I didn't like. I, I didn't. It wasn't like a painful experience reading it. I wouldn't really say that, but it was. It was too short for that. Like it was. It it went fairly quickly, but you know the, the question I asked earlier: What's the book about? Like yeah. they they decided to go to Numeria three quarters of the way through the book. Yeah, like think, yeah, because when it got to that, I was like, all right, finally we maybe have a plot here, you know? Like, yeah. Um, and I mean, the book. I suppose it was about several things, um, and and what it should have been more directly about, I think, was just about Angron, and because um, that was quite an quite a interesting story, and and that was a, like one of the main themes. But there was also this whole Darbeltal, Karn thing, um, mm-hmm. and there was a lot, a lot of stuff like we said, and it wasn't necessarily that it was bad in its own right, but just in in the um, in the sense of the book having structure and drive like these quite large sections on these titan um drivers or drivers of whatever the fucking words pilots um and um and the people up in the spaceships and stuff i was like this this doesn't it, it, it yeah. like it's pure content you know what i mean it's just <laughs> it, it's just like it doesn't it wasn't really part of the story you know what i mean like it was just yeah but like, we, we haven't we haven't named them we haven't named them or felt the need to. No, no, yeah, nor do we need to. Like, yeah, and that, that's it. Like, um, like it could have just been your focus is on. I don't know. Yeah, well, like, um, Lor- Lork doesn't need to exist. Yeah, Lork served no purpose. There, there was uh, the the idea that the the psychers, um, existed in the legion that hated them. And we're like slowly being whittled down in numbers because nobody wanted to become another psyker or, you know, or nobody was another psyker and they weren't going for any more. So that there's something there, but they were dealt with so badly that I think an editor could have just went, this isn't working. Let's get rid of it. Yeah, it was just completely undercooked. Like it was kind of, it could have been quite a cool thing, but then it's just like, this is sort of introduced and there's a couple of bits with it. And then it's like, they pop up at the end for this like, like, largely inconsequential fight yeah. um and and it's kind of like it doesn't really progress anything because they're already sort of rejected and no one likes them in the legion or anything so it doesn't i don't know it just doesn't really progress that in an interesting way um yeah and like and i suppose that was that makes me think that was kind of a feature maybe of this book that you know there was interesting bits and pieces in it and 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 just not like like a weird little bit that doesn't really nothing really got done with was that i thought was interesting was um talked about the uh the the angron had a bodyguard called the, the devourers um and it was like it was really weird because obviously the normal bodyguard thing is like these are the you know the most prestigious yeah. lead warriors in the legion but it's like it says to be one of angrons so they walked into the cathedral without the primarch there in the glance to be one of his bodyguards was no honor um despite how hard he'd fought for it in the first optimistic years of the legion Angron ignored them no matter where they went, never once fighting alongside them in battle. Yeah. Um, in their Terminator fight, they never managed to keep up with their wage lord and were, they were as prone to illusion control as any other world eater, meaning any hope of them fighting to an organized pack was a forewarn one at best. Yeah. <laughs> like, that sounds that's fascinating, isn't it? Like just uh, to have this like crew of the elite thinking so highly of themselves, I bet, while like Angron never once speaking to them or looking at them <laughs> and stuff. 
<laughs> and it's good it's good in the book that like they aren't really mentioned very much apart from like that one time i think but presumably they're around him all the time just angron doesn't make any notice of them yeah yeah I think that's that's fun like there are i guess you're right in that it's a book of like concepts that if you were like talking to an editor trying to get or trying to get your book commissioned or something you could make those points and you'd be like oh great yeah all of those please and then you get given at the end of what three weeks or however long this book took to write you get this book back and you're just like oh no this doesn't i don't think this would make it through a like a creative writing class because there's just there's there's no there's no through line there's no, there's no structure whatsoever to this yeah i mean like in terms of its role in the wider story i guess what it's really achieved is angron's been turned into a proper demon, a demon prince yeah. yeah um what i was gonna say um yeah just i'm just looking at my quotes and there was one that you know before we finish i thought well not i'm saying this is the last thing but i just wanted to get it get it in um was that so angron's like sort of wistfully reminiscing about like his warrior brothers and sisters when he was on new, new Syria, um mm-hmm before he got taken away by the emperor and stuff and he started naming them all and he's and and then and you know what they were like and how they fought and stuff and he's and then there's like uh, larbadon who lost his arm to gangrene shouting for the high riders to follow if they dared he had my back as i had his we'd slip on the gore together yeah <laughs> <laughs> find a really weird like i know he's angron and stuff but like just find that you know like oh it's like it's like saying oh we used to we used to love walking down that promenade together you know um, just yeah. shooting the shit but <laughs> it's, oh we slipped in the gore together grinding the fallen beneath our boots uh, i just thought that was a weird old thing weirdos um but but like what you say that the the point of this book has had angron turn into a demon prince but that's fine. But like, all Angron is now is a, a homicidal maniac, which he was before. Yeah. Except before, he at least had some slight interest in his character, and now that's gone. So yeah. what this book has done has been remove nuance <laughs> and interest from a character. Like honestly, that's what this has done. Yeah. So not to be, not to be repeated, not to be sort of approved of I, I just thought this was shit i i didn't think it was great either and it was definitely yeah it's definitely not one i would put in the you know anywhere near the the kind of top five or ten of what we've read um yeah. but uh but you know um i don't like i don't i can't even remember i think this guy did the first heretic which i can't remember what we thought of that really um but it's, it's not like there were some individual bits that were decent you know it's like and and I did have you know at the end I've got obviously uh, in my version I have the little bit about him writing it um, at the end um, which has the usual sort of power on it such as referring to Dan of the Legio Abneticus. Um, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't I, I don't say this I don't say this lightly but what a fucking dork. <laughs> For fuck's sake. 
I knew that would hurt you if you were going oh, God. <laughs> um, but to be fair, and I've never seen this in any other books, it does say that at the end, um, some of the proceeds from this are going to uh, Cancer Research UK and SOS Children's Villages, which is helping orphans in Bangladesh. So, you know, fair play for that. <laughs> um Okay, way to make me feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, dickhead. <laughs> right, let's wrap this shit up on wait that, minute, on that fucking point. Fuck you. No, wait, 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 wait. We're finished talking about the book, but we haven't. I mean, this is this is genuine. This is a genuine live conversation between me and you because we haven't discussed okay. this since the last podcast. But what are we going to do for these not reading a book podcasts that we've got coming up? There. Yeah, so we're we're taking a break for the next two or three podcasts. Don't know how how many, um, and but you won't be without podcasts. We'll get something up where we talk about something. Um, well, uh, have you got any ideas? Is it a game? Is it the movie? Is it uh, uh, yeah. something on YouTube? I feel like maybe watching something would be good because I'm not sure exactly what how we would talk about a game. Um, yeah, but. I'm open. I'm still open to ideas. So anyway, uh, yeah, but maybe, maybe watch something and, and have that, um, talk talk about that. That might be yeah. That might be the thing that we do. Anyway, uh, that will be coming up in the next few weeks, um, as we take a break from the heresy books. But you will have something to keep you going through the drought. <laughs> the yeah. heresy drought. Um, anyway, thanks again for listening. We really appreciate it as always. Uh, you can contact us at uh, horusheretics at gmail.com. Um, if you want to, it would be really useful to us to tell friends, spread the word, write reviews, all that kind of shit. Um, that's the way that we get word out. So please do that. Um, so yeah, until uh, two weeks time when we uh, talk about the thing that we're going to be talking about, <laughs> that we don't know what it is. Uh, thanks very much for listening. Yeah, thanks. Thanks.